Hey everyone, welcome back to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. I want to just quickly share a little bit about our guest. Her name is Amber Snurl, as you'll hear in a little bit. And she is a founding artist of a company called Suburban. And Suburban was actually founded on creativity and sustainability. It provides custom hand-painted and original designs on vegan and cruelty-free handbags, clothing, and accessories. Every piece at Suburban is one of one and is painted or designed by hand, which makes the outcome that much more special. At Suburban, they believe that animals should not be harmed during the making of materials, products, or clothing. Each item sold is vegan leather, cruelty-free, and cared for with love. And I want to encourage you guys to head on over to Amber's website, which is ambersnarl.com, A-M-B-E-R-S-N-E-A-R-L.com. Check out everything she she has available. She designs beautiful pieces of art that are wearable. So it's just amazing to me that, you know, how she just creates these pieces and they're so original and they're so beautiful. And like I said, just head on over, check them out. And um, if you're interested, support this beautiful, amazing artist. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 20 of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. This is your host, Leslie Regalado. And today I have the pleasure and privilege of getting to have a conversation with a complete stranger who I am sure will become a great friend. Her name is Amber Snurl. And I'm going to read a little bit about her so you guys know who she is. And then I'll just have her jump right on. So Amber, um, who actually goes by Ams, Snurl, is a visionary born in the small town of Wichita, Kansas, and ultimately thriving in the big city of Chicago. Um, Amber has carved a path in life that speaks volumes to letting go of fear and letting your best side shine. I love that. Drawing on walls as a child was the early sign um, her passion and career. Amber is dedicated to living life to its fullest after battling a 10-year period of depression and anxiety, which ultimately fuels her creativity and artistic drive to this day. Making art that is both meaningful and connected to a cause is at the near and dear to her heart. So I just want to welcome you, Ms. Amber. Thank you so much for agreeing to have this conversation with me today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to have it. I've I've never had anybody actually read that to me. So that was funny to hear <laughs> someone like read my about section to me. Really? I you know what I love reading these because I don't know for me, like I'm creating my for my website and you spend like you word it and you reword it and you read it and you like have someone else mm-hmm. read it and kind of give you, you know, so it's like I feel like a lot goes into just a paragraph that sums you up. Yeah. And to me, it's wild that, you know, that's that we can even do that. But I love what I'm reading. Um, I love what you stand for. And I'm excited to just get to know you a little bit more and for our audience to get to know a little bit more about you, um, you know, kind of wh- where this all started. Um, my goal on this podcast, as I shared with you, is just hopefully to inspire um, something like some kind of magic within whoever is listening to go out there and make things happen. You're like, if you have a goal, if you have a dream in your heart, that whatever you hear on any of these episodes that just sparks that something within you that says, you know what, like I can do this. You know, if she can, 
I think I can too. So just share a little bit about yourself. We'll go a little deeper because obviously I just read your about, but a little bit more about you, um, Amber, that you would like to share. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as you said, I uh, kind of grew up in Wichita, Kansas. I left when I was about six um, and kind of bumped around. I lived in St. Louis until I graduated high school and then ultimately ended up in Chicago. And so that's where I had been for almost the last eight years. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because like listening to you say that, you know, I used to draw on walls as a kid. Um, I definitely always knew that I was an artist, but I wasn't practicing until almost three or four years ago. Um, so it's it's funny that now that's what I do, you know, as a career. And that's something that I do as an entrepreneur, because I didn't always uh, put that part of me first. Um, and so now I've just been a little more relaxed with being able to be an artist in the public eye. Um, and so mm -hmm. I am an artist. Um, I studied marketing in college. So that's what I do professionally. Um, but I'm also a writer. Um, I write, you know, personally and professionally. Um, and I'm always just looking for new ways to kind of reinvent myself creatively without, you know, exhausting all the things that I actually like to do that don't involve making money. Um, so yeah, but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, pretty simple. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> kind of talk about yourself awesome. without fluffing it up. So <laughs> Right, right. No, I know. It's like, how are you? How can you be humble, yeah. <laughs> but share like what really matters? Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it's like a, a weird thing. So, okay, so I'm reading here and I'm on your website, which is um, ambersnerl.com. And tell me a little bit about how you got started with Suburban, because I, I love to hear stories of like, how things come about. I think it's so inspiring. I think it's so empowering to hear, you know, how someone started what they're currently doing. So you are an artist. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of how you came to embracing that part of you, because it sounds like maybe it wasn't always something that you were like, yes, you know, this is what I'm going to be forever and ever. So um, I do want to dig a little deeper into that. But before that, um, I do want to talk about like you, you know, starting your business, the the launch story behind it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing a little bit more about Suburban. Sure. Um, so it's funny. I actually, I call this my happy little accident. <laughs> um, so I <laughs> traditionally am a canvas artist. So that's um, the first medium that I ever really started um, creating on was just canvas art. And so I just remember one day I had ran out of canvas and I, I was the type of artist that I used to produce in large quantities because I would always produce emotionally. And so I wouldn't, I knew if I was like happy about something or sad about something that I was going to produce the most art at that time. And so I remember one time I was ready to sit down and paint something and I realized I had painted on all my canvases and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? And for those that know, like art, equipment is very expensive and so it was like I'm not just gonna run out and go buy a canvas you know maybe I should just wait save my money let an idea come to me maybe sketch something and so I looked straight across from the table I was sitting at and I had this blank blue tote bag and I was like oh maybe I can paint on that um and so it's just funny I took like regular acrylic paint that is totally not supposed to go on leather or <laughs> anything <fabric. laughs> I was gonna ask is there like specific paint that you use yes okay, yeah so. I had no idea I was just like you know I just need to get something out I just need to paint um, and so I painted on this bag and it's funny because like two days later, it, two days later, it cracked. And so, um, <laughs> but it was just a different way for me to express myself. And I was super excited about it. So 
I posted on my Instagram at the time. I only had one Instagram. I didn't even have a business page yet. I didn't even know anything about Instagram business pages. And everybody started gravitating towards it. People were like, where can I order this? And I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> you know, for me, it was like, this is not a product, but hmm, maybe it should be. Um, right. And so a few more questions later, I started um kind of doing my research and I knew some other artists that had traditionally painted on like leather and canvas and fabric and so I just kind of did some asking you know what kind of paint do you use if you don't mind me asking where do you get it from how much is it you know what's the wear and tear um once I got brand names from people I just started doing my own research um Uh and so that's kind of how I was born it was it was incredibly random I didn't really mean to do it um But I think what made me actually say, hey, this could be a business is once I did start shipping things out and people were like, oh, my gosh, I love this. This made me so happy. Like this made my day. You don't even know I can wear this and no one else can have it. And I was like, huh, if I can make people feel like this all the time, like, why not do this? And so that's how the business was born. Um, I originally was actually called Customs by Ams. That was that was my name before. And so me moving back home just kind of helped me to learn more about the business side of it. You know, I finally was able to organize as an LLC, you know, get my taxes straight. I found wholesale suppliers. um, And so now we're focusing more on uh, being ethically and sustainably driven. And so we're looking at actually, you know, taking my sketches of bags and having manufacturers make, um, you know, prints and layouts and cutouts that we can actually use to make bags. So that's kind of where we're at now. But yeah, it's funny. I always call it my happy little accident. I didn't think it would grow to what it is today, but it's it's been very different and very interesting. So that's amazing. I love what you did, which I think it's it's so common among a lot of different stories that I've heard from like people launching something new. And it's the fact that they just started right where they were at. Mm-hmm. They didn't wait to know everything. You know, you didn't do all that research before you did that first bag. And like you said, it just kind of happened. And I think if we pay attention a little bit more to those happy little accidents, like you call them, (laughs) quote unquote, I, I think people would just be doing, you know, just be happier because I can tell it brings you joy, you know, and obviously it brings other people joy. And it's like, man, if you can, you know, make an impact and create, you know, some kind of income together. Like that's just, that's just like a win-win mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, now, really quickly, um, going back to like, you know, when you started, what are some of the things that you feel were like the biggest challenges when you first got started and maybe even now? And how have you overcome some of those? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it in the beginning was finding the right help. Um, you know, I knew that if I wanted to really scale it beyond just doing a few bags a week for people that I would have to have help, mm-hmm. a lot of pop-up, pop-up markets to kind of offset, um, you know, slower seasons where we may not sell as much online. And so I knew that I couldn't drag two fifty pound suitcases of handbags to markets and unload everything alone and work the markets alone. You know, some of them can be all day. And so in the beginning, it was just finding the right help and finding people that were willing to invest in me without being paid. Um, You know, when you first start, you don't have the funding behind your business to say, oh, well, I can just hire 10 employees and just kind of rotate them out. Um, So it was just finding the right help, you know, around me for people that actually believed in what it was that I was doing, people that also understood what it was to be an ethical business. Um, I think now a little bit, 
now that I've gotten more into the business side of it, um, finding funding has been a pain point for me. Um, I definitely know which route I want to go, but it's difficult to find people who actually believe in what it is that you're doing, uh, especially now with, you know, so much fast fashion that goes on. And I'm kind of starting the old school way, wanting to actually have everything made by hand and, you know, make sure that I know that the people who make it are paid right and that the quality that, you know, their working conditions are are okay and making sure that I know where all of the fabric came from. And so just finding the right help and funding and people that will be hands-on and really understand what it is that I want to do has been a bit of a challenge, but it's, it's a work in progress every day. So it's, I think it's just because I am so, I do have such a niche. It's a little challenging, Mm -hmm. um, but it's out there. It's just a matter of finding it. So. Right now, one of the things that I always wonder is like, what is it that keeps you going? Cause you know, when we, I feel like when we face challenges as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to just say, man, like screw this, you know, <laughs> it's too hard. Like I can just go get a nine to five, you know, I get paid, I go to work, whatever. Yeah. I know that's not how we think, but it, you know, the fear and the doubts and whatever that creeps in can take us to that mm-hmm. place. So like how, what is it that you stay focused on? Like, what is it that I guess lights that fire within you to say, you know what? No, like this is what I want to do. I got this started. Like I want to see it through. What is it? I think for me, it's just knowing that this is bigger than just me. Um, You know, what I'm doing is contributing to a healthier society. Um, And it's just funny because a lot of people, they hear vegan leather or they hear cruelty free, but they don't really understand it. And so doing what I do, being able to actually be in front of people and be at all these markets and, you know, do art shows and pop up in galleries, people actually get to talk to me and people will ask, well, what is this? Why are you doing this? Um, and so I think it's, it's that it's knowing that, you know, I am one person, but it still feels like I'm contributing um, to something that's bigger than me. And so that's important to me. You know, out of all my friends, people always call me the tree hugger because <laughs> I'm always like, no, recycle that, please. Um, and so I know that, you know, one person can't change, but it, it, all it takes is one person to spark a change. And I've even had conversations with people where they're just like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea or I didn't realize that buying this would contribute to, you know, maybe eliminating textile waste. And so just being able to educate people and know that I'm a part of something that actually contributes to society is what keeps me going. Um, and I mean, it makes me happy. I've, I think sometimes I can get stuck in a rut creatively, but once I pick up that paintbrush or, you know, sketch a new design, I just feel lighter and different. And so it's like, why would I stop that? You know, I don't want to um, starve myself of being able to feel that great about something. And so I think I just got very lucky in being able to do that as a business Um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, it's easy to get exhausted, but I think for me, it's exhilarating. And so it's almost like I can't stop. (laughs) I'm like addicted to the rush. So, Okay. So allow me to interrupt just for a couple minutes. I am just here to personally invite you to, to head on over to Facebook groups and in the search bar, type in, we lead society. That's W E space L E A D space S O C I E T Y. It's a Facebook group that I recently created and is just a community of phenomenal women that are just ready to embrace all of their greatness, all of their power to just, you know, 
just live their best life. That's really my desire for you is that whatever tools, whatever advice, whatever I share from my own experiences, that somehow it blesses you to, you know, inspires you to go out there and really just give whatever the heck you want to give a try to give it a try because I believe that you will never know unless you try so for the woman who knows she was created for greatness and is ready to believe she's ready to trust and to take action right away you are the reason that we lead society was created we lead helps women like yourself discover the exciting possibilities that are available and waiting for you We understand that you are ready to believe in yourself more than ever before. We know that you are ready to hold on to your vision and trust the process because now you know that when you do the work, the results do come. We are here to just cheer you on and celebrate you as you let go of all the excuses and do whatever is necessary to move you closer and closer to your goals. We are ready and here to teach you unique daily habits and behaviors that can have life-changing impact in all areas of your life. We will offer you personalized action steps that will lead you to discovering how powerful you truly are. You will learn that you can not fail you only learn grow and become better and and better every single day so i pray and hope that you know you head on over right away you click on join once you find the facebook group and i'll be waiting i'll be waiting there for you i'll be waiting there to share everything that i invest so much time energy and money to learn because i want Whatever I've experienced, whatever wisdom and knowledge I've gained over the last 15 plus years of my self-growth journey, I hope that it takes you a fraction of the time to learn and develop and just, you know, become the best version of you a lot faster. I want you to be bigger and better and everything be faster for you because that's the whole idea that as we grow and we learn and we share that wisdom and that knowledge with others, that it could somehow help them out, help them get to their goal to, you know, from point A to point B a lot faster. So I'll be waiting for you. Head on over to We Lead Society and click join. That's awesome. Now, I am one of those people that doesn't really know too much about everything you just said. Okay. Vegan leather, cruelty free. And so if I am like that, there might be other people that are like that. Even when you say textile waste. Mm -hmm. Like what, like, what does that mean? Yeah. So for the people that are like me, that we're not very educated <laughs> in any of these topics, um, can you just explain a little bit more? Yeah. So when you think about us uh, throwing away trash, um, a lot of people think about like, oh, you've cooked something or, you know, you've got newspapers or water bottles that you're just throwing away. But a lot of people don't realize that almost 80% of what we throw away is textiles. It's old clothing, um, larger companies that otherwise are not going to use fabrics. They just throw them away. And so 80% of that goes to our landfills and it just sits there. And um, a lot of our textiles now they have like dyes in them. You know, there's different coloring techniques that go into them. And sometimes there's even materials that can't be broken down or easily recycled. And so it just sits and it's not biodegradable. So it literally just sits in these landfills. And so um, when you're contributing to textile waste, you are basically saying, you know, I'm going to recycle what I wear. So I'm going to give it to a thrift shop or I'm going to give it to a company that could reuse it and make something new with it. And so that's a lot of what um, I've been researching and trying to do more of moving forward. Um, So like, for example, even, when I first started Suburban, um, 
you know, I would call it market research. I would just go shopping at like Marshall's or TJ Maxx and find all the brands that had the little vegan leather tag on it and be like, oh, this is great. I'm going to find them at wholesale. I'm going to buy some of their bags and I'm going to paint on them. Um, But I think when we think about being ethical and sustainable, we have to realize that we need to understand where the material comes from, um, if it's recycled, if they're going to recycle everything that they didn't use on making one bag or if they're just going to throw it away, um, if the people that actually made the bags are in good working conditions. And so it's a a huge, it's a broad spectrum. Um, But vegan leather is essentially leather um, that is faux leather and that hasn't harmed any animals or their environment directly. Um, so a lot of it can be food-based. Um, there's mushroom-based leather. Um, there's pineapple-based leather. Um, sometimes people take corks that they otherwise wouldn't use from like old wine bottles or cork boards and make leather out of that. Um, so anything that you can really think of that is not traditionally taken from an animal or its environment, you can consider vegan. So it's it's kind of crazy. When I was researching it, I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I had no idea this was possible, but right like pineapple yeah sounds crazy (laughs) yeah or even like yeah all of all of those materials like it just sounds crazy that you can you know make them into leather I mean you just think leather and you obviously yeah you think animal Mm -hmm. skin you know you don't think that there's other options so that is very interesting yeah okay so I do want to dig a little deeper into um when I read your about and it says you know, basically that you're dedicated to living life to its fullest after your 10 year battle with depression and anxiety. And the reason I want to bring that up is because I think so many people um, experience maybe for not that length of time, maybe longer, maybe shorter, I don't know. But I think it's a really important topic to talk about, um, especially because you have turned it around and you're using it as fuel for your creativity, for that artistic drive that, you know, moves you forward every single day. So if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing a little bit about that, and then maybe if there was anything that you did that our audience can find useful or helpful that helped you kind of get through that period of your life. Yeah. So it's crazy to hear 10 years. um, And I know I wrote that in my about, but sometimes it just, it still makes me realize, wow, 10 years. Um, but I actually have struggled with anxiety um, for quite some time. A lot, a lot of it happened before I even really knew what it was. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think sometimes it's easy to realize that you're feeling down or sad and you just don't know why, but you also don't try to figure out why. And so that's yeah. what kind of led to the 10 year stretch being what it was. Um, you know, in high school, um, I was bullied. It wasn't. I hate to say it wasn't bad because bullying is bullying. Um, but I think for me, I was a very sensitive soul. Um, again, artist, <laughs> um, but I was a very yeah. sensitive person. And so I held a lot of stuff in. And so it's funny because I tell people to this day, I, I tell that story about being bullied and I'm like, what? No, you weren't. You know, people just don't believe it because I held a lot of stuff in. But I think I took a lot from grade school and high school and never really unpacked what had happened. And I let a lot Mm -hmm. of um, the hurt and like the things that I just kind of kept to myself carry on into my young adult life. And so I actually ended up um, in a pretty bad relationship uh, about four years ago. And so that's what kind of made me realize like, wow, I am really depressed. I have a lot of anxiety. I'm accepting negative things into my life as if they're normal and allowing them to just eat away at my soul and my happiness. And so um, it was about four years ago where I realized that, you know, maybe time to get a therapist and maybe talk to somebody about what's going on. Again, at this point, I still really had no idea what was going on. When people say, well, maybe you're depressed. I didn't really know what that meant. 
Um, Mm. for me, depressed was, you know, equal to just being sad. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, if I just don't feel good, then sure, we can call it that. But I never realized that there was a clinical version of it where it's like, no, you really may have a chemical imbalance in your brain because of certain traumas and you need to unpack all the things that happen in order to balance that out. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. Um, I, when I did go to see a therapist, I finally realized what was going on, how to better connect to myself to understand the things that I needed to unpack. Um, you know, at the time leaving the relationship that I was in, I thought that that was it. And I came in there ready to just be like, yeah, so I just got out of this relationship. It was horrible. Let's talk about it. My therapist is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Why did you get into that relationship? Was there something right. before that? And so it just, I mean, she took me all the way back to being like 13, 14 and just kind of made me realize that, you know, you've been hanging on to a lot of trauma and there's a lot of things that you didn't realize kind of molded who you were becoming in a way that, you know, kind of overshadowed who you really are. And so I think, if I could give anyone advice, it would be to seek therapy. Um, And, you know, it doesn't have to be anything that makes people uncomfortable. I think a lot of people get so scared of the word therapist because they think that they're going to see like a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or someone's going to try to put them on medication, which is also great. Mm -hmm. But people just get so scared of the unknown. Um, And it can even start as seeing a life coach, just seeing someone who's trained to talk to you and coach you um, and help you unpack things that you may have you know, buried so deeply away that you don't even know they exist anymore. Right. Well, and just like you said, you know, you, you don't realize what you're going through. So even just talking about like most people, the fact is that we hold it in, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you have someone around you that maybe does that professionally, or that just kind of has that skill or whatever you want to call it, of asking the right questions and digging a little deeper, like we just don't go there. We don't do that. So, I mean, I'm a big fan. Like I was just telling my husband recently, I said, you know, when I'm doing my visualization, my future self has gone through therapy. Like I've gone to see someone, a professional Mm -hmm. that can help me unpack whatever I need to unpack. Like, you know, because sometimes we feel like we're good. You know, we haven't experienced, you know, depression or anxiety or, or whatnot. So we feel like we're good. You know, we don't need that. Right. Like only people that are sick or only people that are blank, you know, really need to to pursue that kind of help. But like the more I hear people talk about it, like I'm not going to lie, the more that that little something inside of me says, like you need to go and just talk about stuff just to figure out, you know, why you make the decisions you do, why, you know, you don't, why, you know, why whatever that blank, you know, is for, for each person, because I think it is really important to get to know ourselves and just try to help break down whatever walls, you know, we put up that have been defense mechanisms throughout our whole lives. I feel like that's one of my things, you know, I feel like there's things that I've done throughout my whole life that have kept me safe, that have kept me, you know, good. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason, you know, there's obviously a reason for why those walls are up and why I'm not like, 100% you know open and that's something that I mean I definitely applaud you for just being willing you know to being open I guess to to go out there and figure out okay like what is truly going on Mm -hmm. and I love what you said that your therapist you know she took you all the way back yeah and like you said it's all about self-awareness that's where it really starts as long as you understand why you have the defense mechanisms that you have that's that's a start in itself you know what I mean 
I mean, it's one thing to just walk around um, and not really understand what's going on, but not trying to understand. But as long as you're self-aware and you know, like, hey, this may need to be unpacked one day, that's that's a great start. Because a lot of us are starting to realize now, like, okay, everyone's human. (laughs) Everyone's human. We all go through things, good or bad. Um, And I like that you said professional, because I always say it's just like having a professional friend. (laughs) Because, I mean, you can talk to people all day long, but they may not know how to help you. So it's literally just like having a friend that is just trained and equipped to help you. Right. Well, and, you know, you're paying them to tell you the truth. Right. (laughs) I feel like sometimes with friends, you know, depending on your personality, like if you have like a stronger personality, I feel like people just kind of tell you what you want to hear or they may not feel, you know, I I don't know, like right to, to say certain things or you might not even have you know, the willingness to, to listen to right. certain people or hear it. But when you are like consciously going to someone so they can unpack everything and tell you exactly what, you know, what's going on, I feel like you're so much more receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's a stranger. I feel like, I don't know what it is about <laughs> strangers, but you know, I feel like when you talk to a stranger, it's just like, you're wide open. There's no, you know, nothing, no preconceived like ideas or there's no relationship there. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is, you know, what it is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of you for, for doing that. Because Thank I you. Think it takes a lot of courage yeah. to be willing to just open up and unpack everything that's inside. I mean, it's so, it's such a raw, you know, such a raw part of us. Yeah. Okay. So to finish up, Amber, I want to talk about um, the three, like maybe two or three things that you wish you would have known before you got started with your business, before you started, you know, just pursuing um, what you do currently, mm-hmm. what are some things that you wish you would have known that maybe could be really great advice for others? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I said this to you before, but to keep track of all your purchases, <laughs> it sounds mm-hmm. really obvious, <laughs> but it's so easy to get swept up in what you're doing and not sit down mm-hmm. and go, Oh, wait a minute. I need to make sure that I'm keeping track of everything that's going in and out, especially when you're doing things alone. Um, I don't come from a financial background. I don't come from an extremely business savvy background outside of, um, you know, just working professionally. Um, Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) my first year of business, it's, it's crazy. People are looking at me like I'm crazy when I tell the story, but I had no idea I had to pay taxes on all of the merchandise (laughs) I bought. And I was just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) When I got the phone call, I'm like, all right, well, so I would definitely say to keep track of what you buy everything though. Even if like, you meet up with someone for coffee, keep track of that. Um, Cause mm-hmm. that will either come back to help you or hurt you. So that's definitely yeah. number one. Um, number two, I would say, uh, you know, accept help, but not all help is good help. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, especially nowadays with, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all the tools that we have to reach people worldwide uh, that may want to help you, um, but their intentions may not be in the right place or they may not truly understand what it is that your vision is. Um, so just to align yourself with the, the right help and, the types of people that actually see your vision the way that you see it and want to help you get to uh, where it is that you want to be. Um, now for you, how do you um, identify those people? Like, is there, I don't know, questions or is there like, do you just kind of follow your gut? I think now I've been more question based in the beginning, I would follow my gut, but I think that kind of led me to um, 
accepting help from people that I just liked as people, you know what I mean? And um, sometimes you have to like them as a person and as a business owner or, and as a partner. Um, And so I think too, it's, it's easy to accept help from people that know how to do what you also know how to do, but you have to, you know, it's, it's like that quote that you always hear where if you're the smartest person in the room, something's wrong. So I think, (laughs) right. Yeah. Get out of that. (laughs) Yeah. You need to accept help from people that know things that you don't know. And so there has to be a good balance there. And so now I've been a little more question based when, you know, um, sometimes what I do now is I hire um, assistants for shows if I'm in a specific city just for that weekend. Um, And so I'll use like Indeed or Facebook jobs just to post something quick for that weekend. Um, But I definitely send out questionnaires and I make sure that they have some sort of background with like ethical and sustainable fashion. Um, or that they have some sort of component in their lives that they are extremely passionate about so that when they're with me, we can both exude some type of passion. Um, and so it's it's been very important to ask a lot of the right questions nowadays. Yes, I agree. Um, and I think number three would probably be, uh, you know, we get so used to social media, but it's also not the only way to reach your audience. Um, even, mm-hmm. you know, with everything being so digital now, it's so easy to reach people in so many different ways. Like I send out a monthly newsletter now and that has helped me tremendously where before I was like, no, that's so old school. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's more than just posting on Instagram every day. You have to really connect with these people that you're reaching. And a lot of what I've been doing now is kind of building, um, you know, a rapport with people that actually do have some sort of sustainable component to what they do. It may not be the exact same, but you know, just maybe reaching out to someone and say, hey, you know, I found your blog or I found your business. Would you like to sit down for coffee? Can we just have a conversation? Just making sure that you have people in your corner and that vice versa, you can be in other people's corners um, just to have a stronger community. So just making sure that you build communities outside of like the internet and everything digitally that's in front of us. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love what you said, especially at the beginning when um, you're talking about, you know, making sure you get like all paperwork all the the details in order because I think for people that are very creative and that's like their strength like for me my strength is to create to like put the you know to come up with ideas to visualize to bring them to life but when it comes to everything else I I mean I do it Mm -hmm. I've learned how to do it you know over whatever 15 plus years of being an entrepreneur but it's not my favorite thing and I drag to do it mm. because it's not something I enjoy. Yeah. So I think when you're starting off and you are the CEO, the CFO, the, the janitor, <laughs> the everything, yeah. you know, you kind of have to do it all. Yes. As you grow, thankfully, you know, you can hire people that are talented in that area and that that's their strength when it's your weakness. But yes, it's things that sometimes when we kind of just pursue our passion and go for it. We might not think of everything, but like you said, you know, you do find out eventually. Right. (laughs) You will find out. (laughs) Yes. And you learn about it. And even with the making the connections that you said, you know, I think it's so important to know that we can still reach out, you know, talk to someone, meet up. Nothing can replace that, Mm -hmm. you know, and yes, it gives us a bigger reach. You know, social media gives us a huge reach from, you know, anywhere in the world that we might not be able to physically get to, but if you can, I completely agree with you, you know, reach out to people, talk to them, meet up, et cetera, because it's such a powerful tool, you know, being face to face or even just talking like you and I are doing, it's so different than like when I was texting you or email mm-hmm. you, like I didn't hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, 
hear the passion. You know, I, I read it, but, you know, you don't hear mm-hmm. it. So love that. Oh, my gosh, Amber. Well, thank you so much for just being willing, you know, to, to do this, um, to just share a little bit about your story um, and just share, you know, some of the, the nuggets that you've learned along the way. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Same. T- Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope you truly enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. Make sure you rate the episode and the podcast. And also, make sure you leave a review. Thank you again so much for listening to Perfectly Imperfect.